And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Howdy, everybody. Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to the Garden of Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. Very excited to have uh, a special guest. He was in the Garden on uh, on Sunday with his 1994 Stanley Cup teammates, a member of that 1994 Rangers Stanley Cup team, 442 NHL games, a second career that's still ongoing as a broadcaster up in Canada with Sportsnet 590, uh, vodka company owner. Um, he does it all. Nick Kiprios, <laughs> welcome. welcome to the show, Nick. Arthur, I'm trying. I don't know if I'm succeeding, <laughs> but I'm trying to do it all. And like most, uh, you know, at times you fall short, but it's that's not what it's all about. It's about <laughs> how many times you dust yourself up off and, and get back up, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, well, we saw you on the big board there at the Garden on Sunday, and uh, I know you were in town uh, for a little alumni event with some of your uh, 1994 teammates. What's it like when you guys get together and, and you know, just come back down to the Garden and kind of feel the love because the fans still go crazy for that team. Yeah. Hard to imagine now that uh, we're halfway where we were before uh, winning the championship. Uh, of course, uh, the chance of 1940 and right. no championship since 1940. Uh, uh, and sure enough, um, don't look now, but we're closing in on, uh, on 30 years uh, wow. with that, from that championship. So it's a reminder of, of how much time flies. Uh, as far as physically being in the same room with uh, a Brian Leach and a Steph Matteau and a Doug Lidster and a uh, 
Joey Kosher, it's like we never left. Uh, like uh, same personality, same demeanor, same laughs, uh, same sense of humor. It's just a, a great, great excuse to get everybody together. Uh, and uh, we did that this weekend. Uh, a gentleman was kind enough to donate uh, a very substantial amount of money to uh, uh, get us together and, and play uh, against uh, some of us from the 1994 uh, Stanley Cup uh, Championship at Madison Square Garden. And it was a fantastic uh, weekend uh, that uh, led to a, a pretty decent game between the Flyers and the Rangers. I thought it was entertaining. At times I'm watching these guys kind of crawl over that 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 finish line of uh, 10, 15 games to go where you're not that quite cl close enough to the playoffs, but you're, you're feeling the wear and tear. So uh, overall, a fantastic weekend, Arthur. That's great. That's great. You know, I, you know, just kind of remembering we had Neil Smith on a few weeks ago talking about how that team came together and the, and the trade that brought you in. You were not the centerpiece of that trade, obviously, but um, funny that you were, you know, you went for your old junior teammate, uh, Darren Turcott in that deal with Hartford. When you came in, you know, you're coming to a team that had a lot of expectations coming off of missing the playoffs. Um, you know, what was it like to be in the middle of that and kind of you know, a, a group that had so much pressure on it and so many expectations on it. Well, first of all, do not tell my wife I was not the centerpiece of that <laughs> deal. She has no idea who Steve Larmer is. So um, in saying that, you know, I was I was doing well in Hartford. I had just come off a, a 17 goal season where I had over 300 penalty minutes. So I was establishing myself as a guy that could play the game a little bit, but still, you know, be there to support your teammates. Uh, but the thing that I remember instantly when I was told that I was traded uh, to the New York Rangers was, oh man, I may have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And that was my very first thought that I, that, that you go to training camp with the Hartford Whalers and you've, you've got pride to be a professional hockey player, to come in, do a job. But at no time did you ever fantasize about winning a Stanley cup, uh, going to uh, play for the Hartford Whalers at that point. But just, I remember saying, listen, uh, Paul Holmgren pulled me in his office I made a trade. I don't. I didn't want to lose you, but uh, you know you're in the deal, and you're going to New York Rangers, and uh, you know Mark Messier may give you a Stanley Cup, and I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. So the reality there, also understanding the pressure. I grew up in Toronto, so I know what it is like to have uh, uh, a major market, high expectations, original six team. Uh, the moment I got to New York, you felt it uh, right away. Fans, policemen uh, on Fifth Avenue would come up, welcome you to the team, and say, "This has got to be our year. This is the year that we uh, we slay the the dragon, uh, per se on uh, on the nineteen uh, forty. So it was uh, it was a phenomenal uh, experience and one that uh, again uh, this past weekend reminds you how. Uh, winning a cup can last a lifetime. And uh, again, it was ample proof uh, the last few days. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, and you obviously in your current role and your recent role, uh, Sportsnet, you know, with our old friend, Justin Bourne, former athletic employee, former athletic podcaster. Yeah. Um, 
you keep up with the Rangers now and having seen them up close, uh, like you said, they've been in a playoff position pretty much the whole year, maybe exceeding expectations uh, to start the season after the last few years of rebuilding. Um, where do you see them now, especially uh, you know, post-deadline with the, with the moves that they made? Do you see them as a legitimate contender in a, in a pretty crowded East field? Yeah, that East is uh, really shaping up to be something uh, to watch. Uh, starting uh, with puck drop in the first round. As far as the Rangers are concerned, very talented team uh, that's led by Panarin and, and Fox. Chris Kreider, yeah, it, it took a while for him to arrive, but uh, dominating the front of the net. And it just seems like uh, right now maybe a few are, are lacking uh, experience or, you know, that uh, – that, that ability to draw on certain things to maybe go deep in the playoffs. But, um, you know, it's one of those teams that if they ended up in a conference final, Arthur, would we be that surprised? But it'll just have to come down to, you know, Shesterkin being able to sustain a 930 save percentage, 935. I don't know where he's at right now, but it's been extraordinary. And there has been some hiccups over the the last few weeks, but if he is able to provide that type of goaltending uh, that they've been accustomed to throughout the season, then how can you say that they're not a dangerous team as well? So uh, they've been fun to watch. Uh, they're fast. They're quick. They've got some size. Uh, they got some guys that'll get in your face, led by Truba all year long. So they're they're one of what we believe could be six, if not all. Uh, eight teams uh, contending for a, a spot in the Stanley Cup final. It's, it's, it's that tight. And, you know, they did these, – these eight teams did separate themselves, Arthur, uh, you know, as early as November, December. So mm -hmm. uh, they, they've all been consistent enough to hold their spots. And I, I think they're all deep enough to, to not surprise anybody uh, in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, you know, when you you kind of sizing the other teams up, you know, they've had Rangers have had some success against the Penguins. They see them again on Thursday. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's the fourth time in about a month. That's probably going to be their first round opponent. Um, you know, when you have a matchup like that going into the playoffs, if you're a Ranger and you've got Shesterkin with the way that he's played, like you said, a couple hiccups the last few weeks, but still probably the Vezina Trophy winner. And then you're going into a series where Pittsburgh's got Tristan Jari, who's coming off a very good year, but also an abomination of a postseason in the first round last year against the Islanders. How much confidence, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to swagger into it if you're the Rangers. Cause like you said, they don't have a ton of playoff experience, but when you have the goalie, how much does that bring you up going into a postseason, especially a first round? Well, you know, Tristan Jari has had a phenomenal bounce back season. It, it got so ugly for him at the end of last season where uh, catching a puck was an adventure right. for him. And now to come back and rebound and do the things that he's done and now put Pittsburgh again in a position where, you know, they could arguably still, you know, win a, a Metro division. Carolina's, you know, one of those teams where we know they've been the front runner uh, for the most part, but these are, these are, 12, 13 games with a lot still at stake here. Uh, but they believe in, in Jari. Jari's his stretch has been long enough. 
that they believe in Jari as much as the Rangers believe in Shesterkin. And when you look at that overall Eastern Conference, with the exception of Vasilevsky, I mean, who do you really, truly trust to say, right. you know, he's been there, he's done that, he's proven. I'm watching the Toronto Maple Leafs going to Tampa and, and light up uh, Vasilevsky. And, yeah. you know, for the Leafs now, if they end up playing, say, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, regardless of the next 12 games, they've got this 6-2 win right. um, the other night to hang their hat on to say that Vasilevsky is human. And, you know, we can make them look ordinary. That's how good we are. So I think for the Rangers in Pittsburgh, uh, they're going to go into um, each other's uh, series and they're probably going to say the same thing. Number one, we love our guy. And number two, the other guy across the rink is human and he hasn't done it before at this high of a level. So that's that's going to be the Eastern Conference. And of course, we can say the same thing about Carolina. We can say the same thing about Boston. Same thing about Toronto and Florida yeah. and the Washington Capitals. So, hey, uh, drop the puck and let's see what happens. <laughs> exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Rangers made a lot of moves at the deadline, you know, added four guys that, you know, three forwards, um, Frank Vitrano, uh, Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott, Justin Braun, kind of a more of a, a six, seven defenseman. But, uh, that's kind of a throwback to to those to the Neil Smith days of, of being a general manager back in the '90s, where you know GMs were kind of unafraid to to really bring in guys at the deadline, not just one headline move to bring in a single, you know, the way that Tampa's done the last couple of years, but but multiple bodies. Does that change kind of the makeup? Do you need to have a really strong core to be able to to bring in just new faces, even if they're they're good, positive guys, they're high character guys who want to win? It still causes a bit of a shakeup. Um, so, so you know, thinking back to your own time and watching some of these trade deadlines unfold, do you feel like there's a right number, or do you feel like maybe the Rangers did too much or did just the right amount this year? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Arthur, and and one that uh, you never truly know until you see it all play out. And we had this discussion on the weekend, and if you go back to our 1994 team. How many trades did did Neil and Mike Keenan ultimately make? And you know the stories of them going back and forth and arguing who what who who needed what mm -hmm. and what they were willing to give up are legendary. And uh, I was reminded of that on the weekend. But here we are, and we're winning the the President's Trophy. We're the number one team in the NHL, and we're looking at half a dozen changes still. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, uh, you know, Craig McTavish was added, of course. Uh, uh, Glenn Anderson was added, but but the one that really uh, I think changed our makeup uh, more than anything else 
was Tony Amante for Stefan Mateau and Brian Noonan. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were pretty much looked upon like a, an Andrew Cop or a Tyler Mott where, you know, just hardworking, ordinary role type of players, no, no pizzazz, no flair like a Tony Amante, but just hard hat kind of guys that can come in, kill a penalty, uh, play up and down your lineup. And they, they offered us so much, um, but it was a gutsy move. Ultimately, you got to give both Neil and, and Mike credit enough to, to like each other enough to want to do this. And as, 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 as great as we were as a regular season team, we needed a different look going into the playoffs. And uh, a lot of, a lot of general managers, a lot of uh, coaches would have said, Hey, I'm, we're in first place here. We're the best team so right. far. Why, why are we making all these changes? And it was simple because the regular season isn't the playoffs and the players are not the regular season. There are different styles. There's different mentality. There's different uh, break points for, for all your athletes. And if you don't think that you have the right makeup to go into the playoffs and you make as many changes as you deem necessary without ultimately, you know, uh, sinking the future of the franchise. And, you know, I, I like Andrew Kopp. I really do. I liked him a lot in Winnipeg. And as we saw, scored a big goal against the Flyers to mm-hmm. earn them uh, uh, an important point on the weekend. And um, Tyler Mott's going to be able to contribute. And you just hope that that, uh, again, is enough uh, straight line, gritty type of player that can help you win a best of seven series. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they made some impact moves, not necessarily – Frontline type guys, but uh, but really rounded out their roster, like you said. And uh, only have a couple more for you, Nick. I, I'm curious to, to get your take. You, you're an observer of the league. You, you played a certain role when you played. When you see situations like uh, on the weekend, PK Subban going after Oliver Wallstrom after a clean hit did injure Jack Hughes, but uh, but not really a thunderous hit. Or the situation with Arizona and and Anaheim after uh, Trevor Zegers's goal. Do you sense that the, something needs to change about that situation? That the going after guys either for you know high skill plays that things that go viral, things that younger players are doing, or even clean hits. Um, is that is that something that's that players need to change, or does the league need to step in and say the penalties need to be harsher for for line, trying to go after someone, forcing someone to fight after throwing a body check? Yeah, it's really hard, Arthur, for the league to turn around and saying that we've allowed fighting all these years, but you're not really, uh, you know, there's, there's just a really fine line on how you can use it. And I I think if they want to go down that path, then they're going to, they, they really should revisit all of it Mm -hmm. and really look at uh, where they have fighting, why they have it. What's the purpose. You want to go down that path, then, then do it. But just, don't try to be a little bit pregnant here on on really picking and choosing um, where you want guys to use it and where you guys don't. I, I think they'll end up, uh, um, you know, really messing it up and messing up the players. And um, if if they don't want to go down that path, and you're just going to have to accept it for what it is, 
And whether or not you're talking about the PK situation, you know, or the, the Troy Terry, Jay Beagle situation, um, ultimately, you know, you, you just said it yourself. I mean, this is this is something for the players to decide. And I can understand everybody having an opinion, yours, mine, bloggers, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Everybody's got an opinion. But ours don't really matter in the grand mm. scheme of things. I mean, we're irrelevant and we use it uh, on a social basis or one as a you know professional uh, broadcaster, writers. Um, but we don't matter. What matters right now are the guys that actually play the game. And uh, they'll, they're the ones to decide where this goes moving forward. And right now, there isn't a huge appetite to come out there and, and defend, you know, um, Trevor Zegras. You know, Trevor Zegras is demanding and he's pounding the table that the league should step in and do something about this. And it's, it's okay to have an opinion, Trevor, and, and you're entitled to it. But, you know, your one voice has to turn into two and two has to turn into 10 and 10 has to turn into 100. And once you're, you know, the players that actually play the game turn around and say this isn't acceptable anymore, then I, I think we're just going to be in for more of the same, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is, you know, we say it a lot. Uh, I like to say it a lot. You know, the, the, the people, fans, whoever want the league to do something, want Gary Bettman to do something. But this is a league made up of players and they can they can – you know, players are, are a, a big constituency. They're the ones who bring the fans in and, and they're the ones that can on their own decide as players, we're not going to, we're not going to start fights over skill plays or we're not going to do yeah. this. And, and yeah. it's, uh, it's not necessarily something to be legislated. Well, you know, I, again, uh, behind the doors, behind closed doors, I, I think the players are fine with it. And the ones that want to use it, use it. And the ones that don't. And, you know, if you're, Troy Terry and you want to dip your toe in the water and, and, you know, get involved and, and go challenge Jay Beagle, then somebody's going to call your bluff, you know, mm -hmm. and I hope you're ready and prepared uh, to go into that battle because historically those, the ones that, that challenge others, you know, ultimately have to, you know, fight or protect themselves or, you know, make sure that they don't get hurt. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he's just, he's not the first guy to get beat up in a fight. I can assure you over the course of 80 years. And I uh, you know I've, I've led a few of those myself, um, but you know, ultimately this is the way uh, the game's been played traditionally. And until the players tr uh, change that tradition, expect more of the same. Well, we've gotten Nick Kiprios, Stanley cup champion, Nick Kiprios broadcaster. Now let's talk, Quickly, Nick Kiprios, entrepreneur. Tell us about Little Buddha Cocktail Company. Oh, thanks, Arthur. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I had a heck of a run at Sportsnet as a TV broadcaster for, you know, over 20 years. And when there was a bit of a lull uh, the last few years, uh, decided to do something uh, a little different, uh, something that took me out of my comfort zone, uh, away from a safety net. My wife and I started a beverage company with uh, family, friends, and uh, uh it's it's what we deem uh, uh, an RTD, ready to drink in a can. So we we got a premium vodka, and we shaped it up with a, a grilled pineapple and rosemary, 
and also wanted to check a bo uh, check off many boxes, Arthur, which included no sugar, gluten-free, uh, no preservatives, uh, keto-friendly, and, uh, and, and have it great tasting as well. So we came up with the, the Little Buddha Cocktail Company, and uh, it's done fairly well here in Ontario, and we branched it out uh, in other provinces up here, and we hope to have a soft launch in uh, the U.S., uh, in the next uh, uh, few weeks, if not the, uh, the next month, so uh, uh, it's been a great it's been a great process so far for me. Just taking all the blueprint uh, life lessons that I learned through the game of hockey and try to apply it uh, in the beverage industry. So so far so good. But thank you for asking. Awesome. Well, this has been great stuff as always, Nick. Uh, Nick Kiprios, 1994 Stanley Cup champion, broadcaster cocktail company purveyor hopefully there'll be a case sitting at my front door at some point in the near future <laughs> and uh, we love it thanks a lot Nick I really appreciate your time appreciate the time as well Arthur looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Thanks again to Nick Kiprios for uh, lots of insight, not just about the uh, Stanley Cup team in 94, but he obviously knows the Rangers well. Uh, and now I'll bring on Chris Flannery, our producer. Chris, welcome aboard. Thank you, Arthur. Good to be here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get uh, – we might dirty our pants a little bit in this <laughs> segment. So um, what uh, – it was kind of a weird week <laughs> yes, last week. Yes. Uh, that's, that's probably the best way to put it, you know, to, to – the Islanders uh, do what the Islanders do, and I and I kind of thought, you know, it was funny the reaction that that Gerard Gallant and Artemi Panarin, you know, Gallant said they were horseshit. Panarin um, said that they shit their pants in that game, even <laughs> yeah. though even though his translator tried to PG thirteen it for for us, it was very clear what he said, even in Russian. Um, you know, the Islanders do that to you, and even though the Islanders are probably not going to make the playoffs, they're making a big charge now. Um, They've done that to the Rangers before, you know, the, those two games where they shut them out back to back at the end of last season, that was kind of the net, the last straw for Jim Dolan in, in cleaning house because they couldn't measure up physically or, uh, you know, results wise against the Islanders. This game wasn't quite like that. Um, but the Rangers just couldn't get anything going after falling behind. And that's the way the Islanders play. So I was a little surprised to see everybody react that way. And then they come out and play, Arguably a worse twenty minutes against the Flyers, <laughs> yeah, and fall behind two nothing, three nothing, and then Panarin leads the charge back, and they get a point out of it uh, over the weekend. So, um, you know, like I said, strange, strange week, and um, just you know, do you feel like that's this is a function of 
they're in the playoffs. They know they're in. They're probably going to finish second or third. And you're taking your foot off the pe- off the gas pedal because it's just human nature to do that, especially after a long grind of a season. Or do you feel like there's something more worrisome at play here? No, I mean, I'm I'm actually I'm glad you said that because we didn't really talk about it before we started recording. But I, but I agree. I didn't think the Islander get like I I was surprised as well about. Um, you know, the, the reaction to that. I didn't think, I, I really didn't think they played that bad a game against the Islanders. Like you said, that's Islanders hockey. They got a one, nothing lead and they, they played with it. Like that's how they, that's how they do it. They need to get to a lead and then they can pretty much shut you down. Uh, you know, if they're on their game and obviously they've been playing better lately. So, you know, that Islanders one, I mean, it is what it is. It's three, nothing. It's frustrating to not, you know, get a goal there. They had chances. I thought, uh, Varlamov actually played pretty well in goal. Um, the I, the Flyers one definitely was one where, you know, not not that I would say I was concerned, but you watch it and you go, man, they're re- now they're not playing a good game like that. You know, the Flyers are a very beatable team. They basically have, you know, an AHL roster happening right now. So, yeah, I mean, that that one wasn't uh, great, but luckily they were able to kind of turn it on in the last 10 minutes or so and and get the point. Um, I do think, I mean, again, look, they've added so many new faces to the lineup. They're juggling, you know, five to seven scratches every night. Like, um, Chesterkin's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a, a, a slump, but he's not as lights out as he was for most of the, the rest of the season. So I do, I do think it's a bit of a function of, you know, it's towards the end of the year now. Obviously they've played very well in games against playoff teams and they're having, a harder time against teams that are out of the playoffs. I think, I think reasonably that that's something that you can kind of expect from a team that's, that's been comfortably in the playoffs for, for most of the year, even though I think a lot of people um, feel like the Rangers are kind of playing above their head anyway, which I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but yeah, I think, I, I don't think it's like panic time. I think it definitely makes sense that they're having a little bit of an up and down here. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do against the devils tonight, especially coming off the seven, four loss of them last time they played. So you know, we'll see. I think, I think it's, again, I think it's just a matter of kind of getting all these new guys, uh, into the lineup, everybody getting on the same page and, you know, we're, we're less than a month away from the playoffs. So it's probably pretty easy for a team that that's in the playoffs to kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. That being said, you know, if they start, you know, turning this into eight, nine, 10 games where they're really not playing well, then, then you start to get concerned a little bit, but I think, I think they're juggling a little bit. They'll get Strom back, potentially Kako, Rooney, and you know, they'll, they'll be on their way. And I think Shosturkin will find his footing too. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Strom. We don't know. They'll, you know, whereas we're recording this, they'll be on the ice soon. We'll see if Strom gets back in tonight. Kako and Rooney seem like maybe more a week or two away, but, but you're missing Strom and you're missing Kako and you can criticize, you know, fans have criticized Kako. He's kind of just a placeholder a little bit. He's not really keeping up in the top six. He's still a young guy with good legs who plays in the top six a lot. And, there, there's, you know, I think four and six on Sunday, um, you know, after those two games and, you know, Pittsburgh was a real heavyweight bout, uh, that game in Pittsburgh last week. And then the Detroit game, you know, they, again, didn't look as great. Second half of back to back, big come down emotionally, uh, against another team that's just treading water. Um, you expect those kind of things, but the, but the games themselves add up this time of year. I think you see, you definitely do see some teams that you expect to be really good. Um, that just kind of falter a little bit because um, they're just not, you know, the, the, you just don't have your legs every night when you're playing four games in a week or sometimes even five games in a week. And this, so, you know, tonight is whatever, five games in, in eight. 
so I think we're going to see some some more loose play. You know, they they rely pretty heavily on their top guys, and and Strom being out, Kako being out, it's you know the the heavier minutes that some of these other guys are playing may not be quite so used to it. And I and I you know I don't envy Gerard Gallant because in addition to trying to find the right mix, and we can criticize the moves on the margins. Dryden Hunt comes out, Julian Gauthier back, comes back in on Sunday. Gauthier no impact whatsoever. Um, but also, you know, maybe you're strategically resting a guy like Hunt that you want to have play that, the kind of game that he can play and be most effective in, which is a fourth line, using his speed, being physical. Hard to do that night in and night out. And they've got some guys that are that are seemingly wearing down. You know, you look at a guy like Ryan Lindgren, who you feel like, you know, it's just the way that he plays. He's not a big guy. He was playing big minutes alongside Adam Fox. Um, so I feel like this these last 12 games is going to be as much about managing, uh, you know, some people's bodies, bumps and bruises, which everybody's got. We're at game 71 tonight. So, um, you know, maybe not to get too hung up on who's playing and who's not, especially when they can get back and get healthy, but also just about being ready for May 2nd or May 3rd or whenever the puck drops in game one of the playoffs, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, even, you know, when you were talking to Nick, I mean, I think he kind of alluded to that where it's like, you know, 15 games left in the season or, or so it's, you know, you're kind of in this uh, kind of weird spot where you're, you're, you're ready for the playoffs to start, but yes, uh, guys are, you know, in their 71st game and, um, you know, a little bit of wear and tear starts to show. And also really, I mean, something that, you know, I don't know, gets brought up a lot, but uh, these guys haven't played 82 games in a couple of years, you know what I mean? Right. With the, with all the pandemic stuff going on. So you know, I'm sure it's a little bit of a grind and men- and just as much as it is physical, it's a mental thing too. You know, once you start to get into the mindset of, of getting ready to compete in that first round, I think, you know, maybe you take your eye off the ball a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, look, it's, it's not a bad problem to have that you have guys that can go in the lineup. You can kind of move some pieces around and give some guys uh, a little bit of a break. So they're fresh and, and ready to go when the playoffs start. And, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes, but I think you're right. I think, I think Ryan Lindgren specifically, you know, just the type of game that he plays. I think that's the type of guy that you're going to see a little bit of the wear and tear and you see it, I think on Fox too, you know, I mean, I think they, them working together um, for most of the, you know, their, their careers in the NHL, this has been the first kind of like, you know, whatever you want to call it, down, down point, I guess in, in there, in that tandem. But you know, there, there's obviously uh, reasons why that's the case and, and hopefully they can get some rest and, and take their minutes down a little bit as we get down the stretch here. Yeah. And tonight is the devils really play a wide open game. Now they've got some young guys that love to score goals. They don't, they don't have any good goaltending. Um, you know, they blew a six, two lead in the third period to Florida <laughs> over the weekend. That was uh, not a great, not a great, day for them but um so this one's going to be kind of wide open and and i'm curious to see how disciplined the rangers can stay i think it's kind of a challenge to themselves they know they're not going to they're not going to get any discipline from the other side it's not going to there's not going to be a lot of structure thrown out at them so you have to have it come from within and and they've obviously got another big one with the penguins on thursday um you know as we kind of sit right now it sure looks like that's going to be the matchup in the first round Caps have kind of drifted. Rangers, I think, are 10 points up on Washington. Four points back at Carolina, so there's still a chance to finish first, and obviously that's something to shoot for because you do want to be in that spot. However, probably going to play the first wild card team, which is going to be a team from the other division, and I don't know if you want to to 
get that smoke from the team that, do, that, that doesn't quite make it to that top three in the Atlantic because those teams are all going to be firing on all cylinders. So it's going to be a Boston or Toronto or Tampa. Maybe that's not what you want for the first bet, first time back in the playoffs in a few years. So yeah, I feel like sure. Rangers-Pittsburgh is, is, the, is a good matchup for the Rangers. They played well against them when they – these three games that they played against them in the last whatever it's been, three or four weeks. Even the one nothing loss out there, the Rangers are prepared to play that game. And I think you can see the difference – Last week in Pittsburgh, they're ready to play. They're taking the game to them. They're they're on their toes. And then the games against the teams that are out of it, you know, there's an obvious difference. So, you know, that's encouraging. I think if you're a Ranger fan, to see that they know what the the important games are and the and the games that are going to mean something down the road. Um, and I'm also curious to see mention it in my recap of those two games. Uh, Getting Malkin threw a really dirty hit on Mika Zibanejad towards the end of that game as the Penguins were hunting around for for the tying goal. Just like a hit in the numbers, just total frustration. And Zibanejad was fine, but I imagine that someone took a number down um, for Thursday. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. I know nobody likes to poke the bear with Malkin too much, and it does draw some attention from the Penguins because he is still a superstar. But um, yeah, that uh, I think that one was noted for sure. Yeah, I think somebody should probably poke him a little bit after after that one. Uh, as long as it's not in the playoffs, just because my experience covering the Islander Penguin series, two of the last uh, three postseasons, you want Malkin to stay asleep if he's sleeping because you wake him up, make him angry. That's when he can really he can really get going. But uh, but anyway, what are you saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're you're completely right. Yeah, you don't you don't want to like fire him up and have him come out and uh, you know bury you in the in the first round. But definitely, I mean, you know, that's the thing though that that gets frustrating. I think, and and you brought it up um, when we, when you were talking to Nick about you know the Jay Beagle Zegers situation. Subban goes after Wallstrom on the hit. Like, you know, the the refs do play a role in this too. And I know when we get into the playoffs, it's a it's a completely different animal as well. They're probably gonna you know let a lot more stuff go. But that's the thing. Like when you get to the end of a game like that, where you know that the Penguins are frustrated, he puts a hit like that on Zibanejad. That's on the ref. You know, like the referee has to kind of manage that because you get to the next game and then you're gonna have to try to put on a lid on it there, and you might not be able to do that. I think it it's kind of incumbent on the on the referees to pay attention in moments like that and, and, you know, make a call, they don't. And then, you know, we'll kind of see maybe what the carryover is uh, on Thursday when they play. But, but to, to before uh, I throw it back to you, I agree. I think, I do think the Penguins are the right matchup for the rain. You definitely don't want to play Boston or Tampa in the first round. It's like those teams are just so experienced. Not like the Penguins aren't experienced, but I just think the Rangers really match up similar. I think they're a similar team to the Penguins. I think they have a lot of, you know, firepower in their top six. I think the, you know the bottom six is a little is a little less uh, impactful on both teams, but although obviously the Rangers have added to it and, and they look a little bit better now, but I think the Penguins are definitely the right matchup. And like you said, I mean, you know, Tristan Jari, I take the Shesterk and Jari matchup. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, probably for sure. Well, this is uh, this was a good one, Nick Kiprios. Great to have him on, and you, of course, Chris, talking uh, talking this past week. This week, like we said, coming up, Jersey, Pittsburgh. Uh, Ottawa over the weekend, so another team to watch out for With uh, that's completely dead and buried that's going to be playing free and loose. So um, hopefully we can all uh, take a breath and not get too wrapped up in the in the day-to-day. You obviously want the points, but I think the way that the Rangers are playing and the way that you're, you're strategically resting guys might be the, the thing to watch as we go down, down the stretch here. So thanks, Chris. Thanks again to Nick Kiprios. And thanks to you all for listening to The Garden Faithful. 
you're enjoying the show so far, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us grow the show. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Arthur Staple here at Garden Faithful. We'll catch you next week.